Welcome to C3 Church Tabra. You're about to hear a message from our senior pastor, Bill Oldfield. Get ready to be inspired to live your best life. The message is called, Everything Changes When We're in Christ. I said, everything changes when we are in Christ. That's the title of the message. We're going to get stuck into it. It's going to be, it's quite meaty, but I need to, again, just revisit this foundation of understanding, you know, what all this in Christ is about, born identity, who your identity is in Christ. So we're going to be looking at Colossians. When you are living in Christ, it releases all the riches in Christ. When you're in Christ, you just feel like, man, wow, how did I get so blessed? I'm just going about my own life. And God loved me and loves me. And, yeah, and he sent his son for me. And my goodness. And now I just feel, wow, I just feel like I can hold my head up. No shame, no condemnation for those in Christ Jesus. And I can just walk through life and I don't care. Any, whatever, whoever snarls at me, whatever attitude people give me, I can just stand and say, well, God loves me. You can just get through life better in Christ. Love this flaw, in Christ. I hope that's working for the podcast listeners. In Christ. Give us this day our daily bread, meaning that he is our sustenance. He is our everything. He can sustain us. Matthew 6, 11. Give us this day our daily bread. Lamentations 3, 22, 23. says the mercies of God are new every morning. Your mercies are new because you spent all yours yesterday, didn't you? You needed new mercies this morning. Just by, by the end of the day yesterday, you were gone, especially mums bringing up kids. You were done. I need more mercy. Leviticus 6, 12 says, Meanwhile, the fire on the altar must be kept burning on your heart. I believe that prayer makes a difference. I love those people that pray and they play like it makes a difference. We need to be making a difference. There is beauty in a new day. Each one is a gift from God. With that gift, though, comes a responsibility to recalibrate certain parts of your life. Some of the blessings of being in Christ need to be obtained daily. I'll tell you where I got this stuff from in a moment. Not just once, but all the time. You've got, you got to claim what's yours. And some of the things that you've got to claim, a perspective of faith, peace in your heart, empowerment of the Holy Spirit, love for people around you, which Colossians talks about, a reminder of what you already have been given once and for all in Christ. I sense, guys, that we're growing. New people are coming and joining. They're finding out about us all over the coast. They're willing to travel. They're coming from Avoca. They're coming from all quarters, all sections, all parts of the region. They're coming from the mountains. They're coming from the coast. They're coming from north, south, east, and west. And they're coming to a church that has life. Because people are in Christ. That got someone woken up this morning. And there's something on everyone here 
to make a difference if you're in Christ. Amen. Who's interested in that sort of stuff? Who's interested in them? I really feel, too, the imperative. I'm, I'm, I'm anguished, but I'm encouraged to realize that the days that we live in, if we go to Colossians, uh, I've just been really taking this thing to task. It's, it's the most monumental piece of work that Paul ever wrote, and, and, and it's brilliant. It talks about Christ and his magnificence, amen, and who he is, the grandeur, the, the enormity of who Christ is at the center of the universe. Everything goes around him. Everything is, is just going around, whether you're saved or unsaved. It's just all going around Christ. Whether You can be think you're out here, but you're not. You're orbiting around Christ. You're orbiting around Christ. Amen? And I love what Colossians talks about in chapter 1, uh, verse 28. He is the one we proclaim, admonishing and teaching everyone with all wisdom so that we may present everyone fully mature in Christ. This is what I believe is the strong imperative on our church right now as we're coming in to the last of the year, the last half of the year, and all this prophetic stuff happening, the Schmitter and the blood-red moons, and I don't know if you're into all that stuff, but it's lining up, it's helping us understand that things are going to get quite dramatic. And in that, there could be a shaking. And in that, we might see people fall away from Christ, but then people turn extremely 180 and turn towards Christ. Big enough. You're, you're people that you thought were way out of the church. I never used to witness to this guy. I used to see, see him at family gatherings. He's always drunk and partying. He was the life of the party. And I just said, no way. That guy's no. I, I witnessed to everyone, by the way. But this particular guy I never witnessed to because I just thought he's too far gone. He's too egotistical. He's too selfish. He's too whatever. Ran into him again. He got saved. Now he's going to Bible college. So. Someone dropped a check in his letterbox and said, I really believe you need to go to Bible college. You went to Bible college. Then the next minute I know we're down at Mount Annan and he's in the worship team visiting from Oxford Falls C3 playing percussion. And the God, God's just hammering me. He says, that's the guy. That's the guy you didn't believe in. There he is. There he is. He's up there playing the congas, the percussion. And, and I, I just never thought that guy would get saved. Never underestimate what God is doing in your neighbor what God is doing around you in your world. Never, never write people off. To this end, I strenuously contend. I'm doing that on purpose because I really believe every Sunday and every preach, I even feel more enthusiastic, impassioned to really inspire people, encourage people to be in Christ. Amen. To this end, I strenuously contend. With all the energy Christ so powerfully works in me. I want you to know how hard I am contending for you. Chapter 2, verse 1. And for those at Laodicea and for all who have not met me personally, my goal is that they may be encouraged in heart and united in love so that they may have the full riches of complete understanding in order that they may know the mystery. That's what sort of church we are. We're a church that believes in worshiping God and, and revealing Christ to people. The personification through the Holy Spirit, but through the appearance of you and I, the incarnation of Christ in us. 
Hopefully people believe that we do love God. That's what I love. I'm stomping floors this morning. Yeah, it's good. Glad it's not concrete. I love to see people come alive in Christ. Fresh perspective of faith. 2 Corinthians 3.5 Not that we are competent in ourselves to claim anything for ourselves, but our competence comes from God. NIV. But what about the New King James Version? It says, not that we are sufficient of ourselves to think of anything as being from ourselves, but our sufficiency is from God. It's from God. The sooner you get used to this, the better. What does it mean to be fully alive in Christ and for Christ? And if you read the book, The Letter of Colossians, it gives us this profound revelation. And the narrative we have is the magnificent surrender. The magnificent surrender. Colossians, just four brief chapters, presents the glory of Jesus Christ and the glory of a life wholly submitted to Him. That first part, by the way, I read was from Garth's words on his blog, I think, on the C3 Nairobi Facebook, uh, no, website. And I thought, I'm going to use that. Now he's left. You can't hear me, Garth, can you? It's all good. Pastor Garth. Colossians, four little tiny brief chapters presenting the glory of Christ and the glory of a life wholly submitted to him. Magnificent surrender. It's a promise, it's an exhortation that we can and must live in through, with, and for Christ. I said that we can and must live in through, with, and for Christ, who is all and in all, supreme and sufficient. Magnificent surrender, releasing the riches of Christ. They tell me most Christians struggle with spiritual formation. Uh, what would that mean? That would mean that Christ, I guess, God, Christ, the Holy Spirit doing a number on you, meaning that refurbishing, rearranging the furniture, open the eyes, the blinds, Christ's light, all of a sudden, wow, I just saw so-and-so. There actually is someone home. I never knew. I've known that person forever, but I just thought there was no one home. But, man, I just saw them the other day. They actually had their eyes open. The curtains were... And, and I just saw Christ in them. In Christ. Amen? A bit like that. Enthusiasm filled of Christ. This Stephen Scott says, he says, to live in Christ is understanding our mission. Mission one, if you choose to accept it, become more intimate with God. Mission two, if you choose to accept it, accelerate your personal growth, which I really believe God is saying to us right now. Three, empower other believers to better follow Christ. Thank you, Jesus, for people in this church that are empowering others to better follow Christ. Woe to those ones who are pulling them away from Christ. Woe. Four, impact the lives of non-believers. And I love this statement. There is a difference between subscribing to a religious belief and actually following Jesus as he desires was supposed to be the incarnation of Christ. Followers who believe, behave as spiritual people for the sake of others. We're doing this for the sake of others. We're putting our best appearance on for the sake of our neighbor and others, our work friend, 
We're not showing them our carnality. We're not showing them our ugliness. We smile and we emanate with countenance the promises of God that says that we're saved, born again, and that we're alive in Him and we have peace and that we have righteousness and we have hope and that we have faith and we have extreme love. That should be emanating from our life, should it not? We're the salt and we're the light. We're supposed to be the incarnation of Christ's followers who believe and behave as spiritual people for the sake of others. On mission together with Jesus Christ, and they call that missional church. We live what we believe. We actually live what we believe. As you have lived, so so have you believed. You have lived, so have you believed. If we really believe Jesus Christ is Lord, what does that really mean to the church and you and I if he really is our sovereign God? And of course, if you read the New Testament, it constantly unpacks who Christ is, that he is not just Savior, but he is Lord. When you, gave your, when you made a decision to be saved somewhere, somehow, maybe on an altar, in a church, that was a one-time decision that you believed in the Savior called Jesus Christ. That's a one-time decision. But can I tell you this? Every day you get up, you have a choice to allow Him to be Lord of your life in that day. Savior He is, of course He is. But to actually go further into Christ and say, You're my Lord. Lead me. Guide me. Your will be done, not mine. What is your perspective on this? Lord, what do I do with my money? Lord, what do I do with my time? Lord, wouldn't it be so much better if he was established somewhere on the earth and we could see him like a castle? You know, you have these grand uh, views of some someone who is in this stately position and yeah, I'm just getting it medieval here and I'm thinking draw bridges and there's a king in there and everyone bows and worships and, you know, the Roman Caesar said, everyone will bow to me. I am Lord, worship me. And these radically countercultural first century born-again believers said, you're not Lord, Jesus is Lord. Wow. And they were burnt, at, you know, scourged and cut in half and boiled in oil. Do you know the Apostle John was boiled in oil and supernaturally he was preserved and he came out of that hot oil. Apparently his quote was, I feel invigorated. Not just Christian people documented that. That's, that's a secular historian said there was a man called, they called him the Apostle John, who was apprehended and persecuted for his faith, and he was dipped in hot oil, and he came out to the gasp of the crowd that had gathered around to see him perish, because people love to see people perish. <laughs> Isn't it weird? Even there's something, something, there's something uh, depraved in, in humanity that, that wants to see people perish. In Colossians, Paul says, 
Colossi Church, you're doing well, but, but understand this, this pot puree of religion, of philosophy and other spiritualities and Jesus mixed together, denying the power of God to set you free, denying the power and taking him off his throne. That's not the way to go. Got to understand that he is supreme. He's the eternal creator king and sacrificial servant who rules and reigns in the kingdom of God. As the Father's missionary, Jesus, Lord and Savior, was the sent one to seek and to save the lost and to bring them home. He invites lost people to follow him, obey him and serve him. Jesus as sovereign also means that he's both supreme and sufficient for our lives and our leadership. He's all we need, guys. He's all we need. He supplies all our need according to his riches in glory. If you have a great need this morning, if you have a daily need, your daily bread can be given to you. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. What's our daily bread? It's in Christ. It's in Christ, the incomparable riches of his glory, of his sufficiency, of his blessing, it's there waiting and it can be yours for breakfast, even before breakfast, in your devotion, one scripture. Isn't it amazing, the word of God? Faith comes by hearing, by hearing the word of God. Do you have a favorite song sometimes you hear? There's sometimes a song and it gets you going. I'm just thinking, oh man, there's some songs that just instantly get you you know, you know what I mean? A couple of songs, I, I forget now, Flock of Seagulls or something like that. Help me, uh, I'm having flashbacks. But there's songs that, I think there was a couple of particular songs, Tina Turner, that they used to play in the nightclubs in the 70s. Don't go there, Phil. But they, everyone played it because it was a dance song. Uh, not Bush City Limit. When that song came on, if the DJ was having a hard time, if the DJ was starting to falter, where's Nutbush, where's Nutbush? Don't get the Nutbush on, Nutbush. And the crowd to come back out on the dance floor. You know what I'm talking about, don't you? There's so, songs that are contagious, influential, to allow you to be motivated and enthused, and enthused to dance. Faith comes by hearing, not by that fantastic Nutbush City Limit song, or the Flock of Seagulls. Faith comes by by looking and ingesting and the Word of God resounding like frequencies from heaven because the Word of God is living. It's not dead. It's not like the magazine you bought last week. Now that, that is dead. That news is dead. That's old hat. Now it's just found at the doctor's surgery and whatever. Who cares? The Word of God is alive. It's active. It's coming at you. It's coming at you. And it wants to invigorate you, realign you, and do a number on you. And one scripture I have found through my devotion can do that. Just one scripture. I'm feeling a bit jaded. I get up in the morning. Oh my God, planet Earth again. Gee whiz, how long do I got to do this for? Uh, you know what I mean? <laughs> I do one devotion on my version phone app. Open it up. I like to be by myself. I don't like to be with anyone. And I like to just go to God in the Word of God because I know that that will invigorate me and realign me into the true purposes of who I am and what I'm supposed to do and how I'm supposed to feel 
And you know what? Faith comes by hearing, by hearing the word of God. When I get that one scripture, bang, it's not Bush City Limit. The book of Colossians is a case study in theological reflection and contextualization for the purpose of the church revitalization. That could have just saved the whole preach, that, that one statement. Paul offers many practices, ways to behave that flow from God-focused beliefs. I'm not going to be long. I'm not going to get this message done. I'll finish it tonight. It's going to be awesome. Paul grounds church revitalization, spiritual formation. That, that means Christ in you, the hope of glory. It is no longer you that liveth, but Christ who lives in you that wants to reformat you to be that expression to a fallen world. Don't you love that? Spiritual formation. What, what is happening in being in Christ is spiritual formation and then the mission, the mission of seeking God worshipping God, being intimate with God, and then, of course, following what he wants to do. What is in Christ? It is being surrendered to Christ. And then discipleship, discipleship. When I say discipleship, I should say this, that the Holy Spirit is discipling you, and we all are hopefully discipling people. But can I just tell you this on a side note, that when I say discipleship, it's not all the time the personal arrangement of two people meeting with each other. But can I tell you, I think it's in 1 John, the Holy Spirit will teach you. The Holy Spirit teaches you to abstain from stuff. So the Holy Spirit is discipling you. Imagine the Holy Spirit coming up to you and saying, yeah, I'm supposed to be discipling you. I've got to, got to be with you constantly, actually. And uh, you've got to listen to me and I'll be encouraging you. I'll be warning you. I'll be admonishing you. What's admonish? That's warning with encouragement. Warning with encouragement. Warning and encouragement is admonishment. May I admonish you? <laughs> Hang on, can we downplay the warning? Can we downplay the warning? And a little bit more encouragement there, Pastor Phil. A little bit more. May I admonish you? May I admonish you? All right, that's a little bit better, isn't it? So there is a difference. I'm having fun. I'm supposed to be preaching this magnificent message because I magnificently surrendered to Christ. But I just feel like I'm enthused. God's in me. And he's saying, have fun this morning, Pastor Phil. No, he's not saying, Pastor. He's saying, son, have fun. <laughs> have fun. And I just feel like I'm, I'm, I'm getting something. It's the Holy Spirit. It's blessing you anyway through the laughs, through the pertinent statements that I'll make that you'll only understand if you read back or look back on the podcast. What did he actually say? Spiritual formation. Mission. We're supposed to be on mission. What's our four missionary things? Become ornament with God. Accelerate your personal growth. Three, empower other believers to better follow Christ. Four, impact the lives of non-believers. Roger Helen, he says this, great, marvellous, wonderful man of God, theologian, and he's really coming down to this thought, this thought that we are a missional church. We are commissioned as disciple makers, he says, sent as missionaries and witnesses, witnesses, and as a royal priesthood into their communities. What's a royal priesthood? What's the priesthood in the Old Testament? They stood between God and fallen humanity. I believe that the church, you and I, are a royal priesthood. The way we conduct ourselves, because we are in Christ, because we are empowered, we have authority to speak and pray and worship, we can stand between the gap 
between people that are destitute, lost, broken in hospital. We can do that. You can do that when you're in Christ. When you're in Christ, Colossians 1.3. We always thank God the Father for our, for our Lord Jesus Christ. When we pray for you, C3 Tugra, in this case the Colossian church, because we have heard of your faith in Christ Jesus and of the love and have all God for all God's people. I love this church because I honestly see a genuine love between the people in the house. Paul is saying this church, not like the Corinth church, he had some bad things to say about them. They were just playing up divisionary and they weren't doing the love factor and and he says, he writes this letter in Colossians chapter 1, verse 3, and he says, We always thank God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, when we pray for you. He's writing this in chains, by the way. He's in jail. Because we have heard of your faith. I pray people would hear of our faith right across the coast, statewide, nationwide, internationally, that people would hear the faith of C3 Tugra in Christ Jesus. In who? in Christ Jesus and of the love that you have for all God's people, the love that you have for each other, the faith and the love. Now, hang on. The faith and the love. Now, hang on. The faith and the love that are in you because you're being, you're in Christ. You're intimately acquainted with Christ. You're in Christ. John 15, unless you abide in the vine, you cannot ask for anything. The vine and the, the branches together. The nutrition flowing to the branches, producing fruit, not dead branches. You will live in Christ. You're not a dry branch. You're going to produce fruit, nine fruits of the Spirit, nine gifts of the Spirit like a dove. Nine fruits, nine gifts like a dove. Being able to fly, being able to move. God is a movement of His Spirit through you and I. Verse 5, the faith and love that spring from the hope stored up for you in heaven and about which you have already heard in the true message of the gospel that has come to you. God is coming to the world. God is coming to your neighbor. God is coming to you. It's a movement. It's a river. It's coming to you. In the same way, the gospel is bearing fruit and growing throughout the whole world. I love the fact, I love this point about the love and the faith spring from the hope we have in God. So tonight, I want to preach about what hope is. Because people use it in the negative connotation. I hope it doesn't rain. I hope she turns up. But hope, the biblical hope, is different. That hope is, I hope that you be healed. I hope that you be enthused. I hope that you be anointed. That means I'm resting my case on the promises of God, the surety of God's Word, and Christ on the throne. I'm saying my hope is in God, and my hope is that from that throne of grace, from the Word of God, through the Holy Spirit and through Christ Jesus that you are blessed.
We hope you enjoyed listening to this message. For more information on what you've just heard or how to visit us, go to c3talgra.org.au. We hope to see you at church soon. Selfless faith to live like Christ for all our